I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What's happening, Rush Nation? This is your boy Stock back for another week. If you are a keen listener right there, you will have noticed that I mentioned today's guest's name. Before we jump into today's episode, if you aren't on Twitter or not following Murph, you'll have seen that he is, again, not uh, with us because of health issues. He's struggling a little bit right now, so... I know if you uh if you're a friend of his or or on Twitter you want to send him some love I know he'd hugely appreciate that and big man if you are watching or listening we miss you dude get well soon uh, our thoughts are with you right now okay follow the podcast on Twitter at five yard rush if you want to support the pod head over to patreon forward slash five yard rush we've got some tears over there if you would like to donate to the cause that is rush nation I wanted to do something so for me at the moment the pod is a little bit limbo. Uh, I know Rutt Murph's got some big plans. I can't do that without him for obvious reasons. People come for Murph. They come for the stats. I can't do Murph. I'm not I'm not going to pretend to try and even do Murph. So I'm kind of trying to come up with some stuff that's not off the cuff, but unusual, should we say, for five yard stuff that other people isn't doing. And then I had this thought way back when, when I wasn't doing the pod anymore, that I wanted to start a series, whether it be with Five Yard or not, but at the moment it's going to be, obviously, because I'm back, where I talk to people that I knew from the industry, whether it be friends, family, guests we've had on, you know, listeners, about how they got into football. And I wanted to do it from not just a generic, how did you get into football look, you know, for us uh, as Brits, it's it, it's a bit of an... I know people are listening, it's not unusual for them, but for other Brits who, you know, NFL is still this closet thing where, oh, you're an NFL fan, you must be a bit of a weirdo. Like, that's not, if you're not an NFL fan, you're sort of closeted in a way like that. So I wanted to do a series of interviews and chats and stuff like that about why the people I have on got into football. And, you know, we're going to get into that. And then 
there's going to be hopefully some ADP debate, but we'll, we'll see how we get on with that. So today's guest is a good friend of mine, a longtime Five Yard fan, host of the Ballers Dynasty podcast, of which I am a, I guess, standing member. If you listen to that, <laughs> um, you will know that I do the intro to that. But if you do listen to it, good on you because it is just about our little league there's nothing else fantasy relevant and it's utter madness i've referenced it a few times so storm is joining me storm welcome to five yard rush welcome to the flagship don't be nervous how are you my man it's a big ask this i'm just a super proud to be on the show and as i said uh nice uh nice words about me so if you are listening big man i hope you're you know slowly recovering so all the best um yeah just Happy and stoked to be honest. Um, thanks for having me on, really. No, mate, listen, I so I mentioned this to you when I came on the Ballers pod. I, I mentioned this to you, idea to you and, and Pitsy, and I, I know you through Pitsy, one of our writers and Fast Action Friday fella. I, I said that this was going to be an idea, and I thought, well, today I'm going to go for it. I'm going to, I'm going to start my potentially consistent segment on the podcast you know maybe i'll do some one-offs or whatever like that and i, I thought well there's, there's nobody better right now in, in this point in the season because our rookie draft hasn't happened yet in ballers and as people may have guessed storm you're you're not originally from england so i wanted to get another take on to how you got into football and when you started getting into football and did you you know let's start with how you got into fantasy uh, nfl to start with being from south africa right yeah, so um, obviously lived in South Africa for majority of my young life, we'll call it. Um, ended up going to the States in 2001, and I went to Camp America and ended up working at a camp there. And obviously being a big rugby and actual football and cricket fan. Whoa, whoa um, actual football. You can't come on this. It's, <laughs> it's hard to distinguish. I don't want to call it soccer on you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, you can. It's fine. Uh, soccer um so and then going over there working with loads of aussies and americans and well, brazilians and everything uh and back then uh football the english football um wasn't that big over there like you could watch it but i like i remember i went to watch a match and it took me an hour and a half on a bus just to watch a game in the in the euros um so I had to find something else to do uh and yeah started playing madden and then from that uh you know, followed a couple of players. And I remember my first like early memory is uh, Priest Holmes, 2003 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Cool. Um, a beast of a running back. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Chiefs at the time, which is hard to say because I'm actually a Chargers fan now. Um, but I'm pretty sure the Chiefs went like 10-0 and 0, or they were pretty 9-0. And, and Holmes was just running over everyone. And I was like, you know what, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then living in San Diego uh, with the name Storm, I was like, how can I not support the Chargers? <laughs> LT was, you know, finding his feet as well. And I think, yeah, so, but I've got to give it to Priest Holmes and the 2000, 2003 Kansas City Chiefs. And then I remember my first ever Super Bowl was the Bucks versus the Raiders that year. So amazing. Did you. Was NFL when you were in South Africa? Was the NFL a thing? Did you did you know about it, or was it just not something you were interested in when you were were there? No, I knew. I say I knew of it. I'm pretty sure my brother had like a Raiders jacket growing up, <laughs> and we lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere, so I don't even know how we got it to be honest. Um, so obviously, knew bits and bobs. I probably knew more about basketball because my other brother was a basketball fan. 
Okay. Um, but it wasn't until I got to the States, San Diego specifically, um, that, you know, found out more about football. But I took the long route because I went in the summer. Baseball was actually bigger. And if you, as you know, football isn't on over there. So yeah, saw loads more baseball and stuff like that. But got there eventually. And I think Madden helped and, you know, beating a couple of Americans, being a South African on Madden didn't go down well there. I thought it was great. <laughs> you know, running running on four and 15 and kicking onside kicks off the kickoff and, you know, just irritating them because you're not playing it properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, and yeah, that's how I fell in. Well, fell into the NFL, should we say? I think I think for us non-American, well, I don't know. Maybe how old are you still, Mo? If you don't mind me uh, asking. Recently turned forty. Okay, so we're 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 from the. I'm thirty-seven, so we're the same sort of age, really. And I think for us, our generation, and I know I can't speak for everyone, obviously, but for those who gained of our generation, had PlayStations and Xboxes, the originals series. We're talking way back when Madden was. It was one of those ways of getting into the sport for quite a lot of people from our generation, I think. You know, it would be one of those things where you'd, you'd played FIFA. This was way before online gaming was a thing. It was you got FIFA and you'd beaten the World Cup and you played your friends and you yeah, beat yeah. that. And then you liked sports. So you had to go at Madden or NHL or baseball, although baseball games have always been pretty shoddy. And <laughs> people got into the NFL because they liked playing Madden. And then, you know, it, I think Madden of our generation is almost. Um, the fantasy of today's generation you know fantasy yeah. football is now so accessible and it's why people get into the NFL because they fell upon a, a fantasy league and and that's that's how I got into it I played Madden back in the day but wasn't a massive fan and I, I had a baseball league I just randomly joined an ESPN <laughs> baseball league one year won it and thought oh this is fun obviously baseball <laughs> season finished football season was upon us and I thought I'll have a go at this did one season of that randomly and then found out through my wife's family that her cousin played and that's how I met Murph through her cousin and it just all spiraled from there so it was a random fantasy league that I had no idea about anybody in the entire NFL <laughs> it was just one of these things that that popped up and it just happened and then all of a sudden here Spiral, I am spirals spirals yeah, out of control seven years later talking to <laughs> many many people about fantasy but it was it's, it's madness you know yeah, it is crazy. madness how when did you get into fantasy football then from from your journey into the NFL? How long was it till you started playing fantasy? So obviously when I um, was over there, uh, didn't actually know much about fantasy football. Um, played the, the English Premier League one and I always, I was always like, oh, man, this takes too long, the season's forever, it's too many midweek games, I never remember to do anything. And, you know, you'd play for like two months and then not play anymore. And then I remember... Pitsy talking to me one year, I think it was 2013, saying, do you want to join this league? Do you want to join this league? I was like, no, Pitsy, I can't be bothered, man. I can't like, I can't even keep up with the, the, the other one. I'm like, you know, sucked in. So I didn't join that year. And then he convinced me the next year in 2013. And yeah, just from then, I would say from 2013. So there's quite a big gap from like my actual watching football to, to playing foot fantasy. Yeah. And then, yeah, just nonstop from there, really. It's um, it's funny. It's it's our, our ballers league. I, I'm going to reference that quite a bit, Rush Nation, because obviously Storm and I are in the league together. It's it's quite an active league on the chat. You know, there's some people who are a lot more chatty than others, and there's some people <laughs> who, are, who are in the league and they don't really chat and they go a bit missing in the off season. And I think unless you are in a hugely high paid money league where everybody is massively invested, there's always going to be some people who dip in and dip out at certain points of the season, but 
it is quite an active league. And I think, I think that's fairly important for a league to thrive. You need some of these people in the league that constantly chat. So there's always stuff going on, isn't there, in our, in our league in the off-season. People are always putting stuff in about the NFL or just yeah, random yeah. chat. And it's important to to have that in your league. And I think it also helps with other leagues that you're in. You know, some of the information I get from our ballers chat is is applied to other leagues. And I do, so do you, how many leagues do you play in? Is, is, have you got a lot of leagues or is there only a few? Like, where do you sit on how many leagues you play in store? Um, so yeah, as you're right with the ballers, is there are there is loads because there is quite a vast variety of who we support. You do get loads of bits and bobs that pop in, um, yep. and they are quite helpful because I share stuff too. You know, my other charges, chats, and stuff like that. Um, so I started off in my first year, I had on the NFL app, um, I had the one that obviously Pitsy invited me to, and I somehow randomly joined another one so i had two leagues the other one i had no clue because the team was drafted for me yeah. somehow <laughs> so, must have pushed like register and sign up and i was like oh why have we got two um <laughs> and then the next year i joined another uh and so on and so on and so on um until about two three years ago i was in like 15 leagues and i was like i can't do this anymore i can't concentrate there's redrafts and yep. just dynasty things quite new and best balls. I was like, oh god, I don't even know what's going on. So two years ago, I said I'm not joining anymore. Um, although I have joined a couple here or there, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have like in my head said no more. So I'm currently in about four redrafts. I think I've got about six dynasties. I've got like three best ball dynasties. A couple of, I'm in quite a few or the charity ones, which are quite cool. Um, and then, you know, I've joined a. Uh, vampire one that you guys put on a couple of years ago which was cool and i'm in another one uh, i think it's a franchise a franchise frenzy which is quite cool i'm quite enjoying that one yeah yeah we do have some mad leagues um yeah. yes did you have the did you <clears> have <throat> the covid conundrum of joining way too many leagues because there was basically nothing else to do and fantasy draft season was well in full mm. effect at that point yeah so all i remember of covid is um nfl drafts uh drinking rum at like three o'clock in the afternoon and <laughs> playing a lot of Call of Duty. <laughs> That's all COVID reminds me of. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but yeah, I've tried to cut back, but I haven't joined any new ones this year, but we'll see. You know, the, the, the charity ones don't count. So if you get a few additional ones of those, those are okay. Yeah, and the best ball ones don't count either because once you've drafted for those, they're, they're set and forget, aren't they? And um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. There's definitely been a spike in a trough in in everybody I know's leagues where they had a couple of years ago they were in maybe ten more than they're in now and <laughs> but I think people moaned about being in a lot of leagues and I don't know whether you found this storm but for me I, it was almost it was almost spread betting at that point for me you yeah, know I joined I joined all these leagues and I'm, I'm not talking about spread betting to increase my win chance I'm talking about I'm, I talked about this with uh, Rob a couple of weeks ago and, and how we talked about how his ranking sheet could help with your league specifically because nowadays a lot of home leagues are weird with their points and I say weird in a good way because it's not just a generic league and I think it helped me being in so many leagues where I put all these feelers out into different leagues and then I could selectively think well actually I don't like that because there isn't enough chat or there's a couple of trades gone on in that one which is yeah, just yeah. ridiculous and ruined the league so at the end of the season I'm not going to be the guy who quits halfway through. I'm going to be the guy who leaves at the end yeah. of the season, says thanks very much, but this isn't for me. And I went from having 
well, I, I, I can't even remember how many leagues I was in at one point down to, you know, I think I've got four or five dynasties now and then I'll do a few best balls potentially and a couple of five yard ones, but maybe a, one or two redrafts. But my, I was really selective with what leagues I, I wanted to stay in. One, because yeah, yeah. I, I dipped out of the fantasy segment for a while. Obviously, I wasn't here anymore and, you know, five yard didn't see me. So I wanted to, I wanted to really be selective with the leagues that I was in. And, and I think it was good for me to whittle it down from a large number to what I wanted, as opposed to thinking, well, I enjoy all these leagues, but there's maybe a bit too much for me here. I'll have to drop one that I really like. So maybe, maybe it was lucky for some of those leagues that I had a load of leagues that I could drop that didn't matter. So none of my good leagues actually had to drop. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you find the ones you kind of want to keep, don't you? And the yeah. ones that you, you pay more attention to. The only thing I find, especially having loads of leagues, whether they're redrafts or dynasties or stuff, you end up playing like, yes, Alan scored. Oh, like, oh no, he's against me in another league. And you're like, oh. Yeah. I think there is. And also, I don't know whether you found this, Stormo, but I, when you get to a player you like, especially if all your drafts are at the same time, you end up with basically yeah. the same team throughout seven <laughs> leagues. And yeah, then... Yeah, yeah. But a bit interesting. So my original home dynasty league Stormo is my team is I made some really good early trades in the dynasty. My team stacked. I've won it three out of the five yeah. years. Come in the semi final oh. with the other two, and it's pretty similar to your team in in our ballers league where you, your team stack. You've got you score points for fun. Have you got? any teams in any of your other leagues that are completely the other way around so have you got a dynasty team that is just in full rebuild or one that you just cannot get any wins with i am um, you're right as i say when you i think especially when you do a lot of the drafts together um you do tend to like i've got Devonte adams and like i picked him up in like three redrafts he's in three of my dynasties and, you, and you're saying you just end up with the same team um i think my teams that i'm short i've got two leagues where i'm I would say struggle slightly more than the others. Um, and they're both leagues where I've actually inherited a team right after a draft. Um, because they said that they're not your team. You, you know, you've just been given them. You've got to work out the feel. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm still, I think I'm three seasons in the one and I'm still in the rebuilding phase. Um, but yeah, I think of those two. The other ones, I kind of, you know, just go off my gut and, play how you know with the players I kind of like and I just say there is a similar feel to them whether it's your running backs that are alike or you know your tight ends or you've got a sort like a, a similar sort of feel with your, your wide receivers but I think the two that I haven't actually drafted myself are the two I'm struggling to you know rebuild and yeah. push on with that's uh, that's quite a humble brag there, Stormo. Basically, everything you've done is fantastic, and the rest of the stuff is oh, just well, yeah, average, average at best. Um, just <laughs> the other two are just below that. <laughs> I, I I don't know whether you listen to any dynasty shows, Stormo. Do you have any in your rotation? You can name other podcasts. We are not inclusive of Five Yard Product here. Um, um, do you listen to anything dynasty specific? I don't listen to anything dynasty specific to be fair. Like I, um, most of my information I get, I read. Um, so big fan of all the articles and stuff that you guys do. And it's probably how I 
started with you guys to be fair with um you know pitsy and rob and the boys and yourself and murph and you know all the rest ryan rich and lewis and you know be all day naming um but during lockdown when i um i was on furlough and i was driving for waitrose um and that's when i really started listening to podcasts and i was just how far is waitrose (laughs) (laughs) so in our area we've only got one waitrose but like some of the drops I could be out for seven hours and only doing seven drops. So, oh, you drove four waitrose. Yeah. I thought you said you drove, drove two, two waitrose. <laughs> <laughs> really far way to go to waitrose, and I'm really posh. <laughs> so posh, I can't afford to uh, get the delivery. No, I drove four waitrose. Actually, drove the vans and delivered okay. people's food. Um, and because we're, I mean, I live in Wales. Um, there's no hardly another waitrose around, so I could be on the road for seven hours and literally do seven stops. Um, and that's when I really got into listening to podcasts and, well, you name it, I went through a few. So some five yards. I like the guy from the undrafted Alex guiltiest charge podcast around the NFL, a couple more charges ones, um, and pretty much anything that Pitsy would recommend because he's obviously, he had quite a journey to work. So he would go through. So if he recommended him to me, um, I'll put those on. We, we we just talked about rebuild. I I don't know whether there is enough done by the dynasty community on how to rebuild. I think rebuilding rebuilding is really really difficult, right? Because not only do you have to sell your players to get the draft picks or trade for players that you think are going to increase in value, because that's essentially what dynasty is, mm-hmm. right? You you're buying and selling a commodity, and you're hoping that these commodities get you a win and doing so you're you're increasing in their asset value so you're you're getting these you're trading off players to get picks it's really difficult to then get the picks right you know how many people actually hit on the players they sell off and uh, it it would be interesting to me and rush nation talk to me if i'm wrong here but there i think there could be a lot more done by the dynasty community about how to rebuild and what makes a rebuild effective? Because I've been essentially rebuilding our team in the Ballers now for three years. You know, I, yeah. I, I took over the championship second place team, which was really good. And I basically blew it up as soon as I turned up. And <laughs> Couldn't read the rules or the scoring. <laughs> well, it, that's for another day. Let's, let's, not, <laughs> let's not get into the scoring there. But... It, it can be, you know, and I, I like to think, th- this isn't me saying I'm a professional here at all, but I, I have a fairly good understanding, I think, of rookie value and player value before the drop-off. And I, I sold some players and I got some picks and I think I've picked six times in the first round in the last two years and I got one or two next year. And But my team is, it it's very close to being good, but that's the whole point about a rebuild. It, it getting over that line from being very close to being a I think is if you can the initial the whole thing about dynasty for me is drafting a team to win it at the beginning because if you don't win it at the beginning the likelihood of winning in it a few years or rebuilding and then winning it is far far less than winning it in the first two or three years I think I've spoken to a few people about this you know because um some people will draft for the future and some people will draw for win it now. And I'm kind of, I want to win it now. And I forget the, mm. the ring ring behind me or the ring on my finger. Worry about that later. But you're right. I think you might have 
sold a business idea here or sold a good idea to someone because there isn't a lot you know there's even people that are semi semi aware of what's going on in the nfl or fantasy it, the rebuild's not easy um no. you're either selling trying to buy a player giving away your future or vice versa mm-hmm. um and yeah and people's you know trades are on different levels and people value people at different levels yeah so it's I, not easy and i guess that's what makes the rebuild talking about a rebuild really really hard because no leagues value on players are the same even yeah. if you had the same scoring format for each league 10 people in one league and 10 people in another value all those players differently and unless everybody is reading exactly the same rankings or exactly the same spreadsheets then values are going to be you know you you look at tra- you just google trade calculator and I'm not this yeah. is not a way to go about your dynasty trades because everything is league specific but if you google trade calculator and put the same trade into the top 3 trade they're calculators all they're, they're all different, different. Yeah. So these people, these, these trade calculators, you know, they come to us for professional advice. They're all different. So how is yeah. Joe Public supposed to get anything right? <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's yeah, one really calculator weird. says, you, "Oh, that's a great trade." The other one says, "You're miles off," and the one says, "Oh, yeah, it's you know, it's in in the middle." Fair, like, yeah. Uh, it's, well, which which way am I? <laughs> my my analogy for trade calculators is now the weatherman. If you watch enough weather stations, everything will be happening in your area, so you'll be getting everything. So no one's actually wrong. So that is that's my yeah trade calculators. I, th- that I is... think they were I think they're a good guide, but yeah, they because they vary so much. They are very very challenging. Yeah, especially if you're, you're trying to trade with someone that's challenging as it is, that that just doesn't help. Yeah, and 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 what you also need from that trade calculator is to then take into consideration what your league scoring is, right? You know, you can't just chub and like, I'm in a league with with um, Tom from Old Five Yard College, and he's he's won it once, I think, and he's definitely come close last year, or. And he needs a quarterback. He's desperate for quarterback in a super flex league. And I need a running back more than I need a running back in ballers. And if you know ballers, then you know oh, wow. that running backs are like gold dust in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I threw out a trade, Nick Chubb for Aaron Rodgers. You know, Nick Chubb's got a couple of years left, probably. Aaron Rodgers might have two, might have three years at the Jets, might have one. But Tom's yeah. won it once, is definitely in a win now mode. And he couldn't quite pull the trigger on that because running backs are scarce because you have to start three. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and I fully understand that. But in, in some other leagues, somebody would just say, well, that's a ridiculous trade. I'm not doing that. Because, you know, the super flex value on Aaron Rodgers, people... Aaron Rodgers could be... He had two MVP seasons three years ago. And he, the guy's got weapons again. You know, Garrett Wilson could be Devontae Adams. And yeah, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is a superstar. We don't know what's going to happen. We can't predict the future. It's just... But that league, in that trade in another league where I'm getting to with this, could could easily have gone down. And it is who you're trading with. You know, it, it's, it's, it varies hugely. So I, I'm not surprised, actually, there isn't a lot on rebuild because it's very difficult to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- de- definitely. Um, and it's a very sticky hole to be in if you are at the bottom trying to get out. Because um, sometimes there just isn't a lot around and, you know, not people don't want to give up their gold uh, running backs and stuff like that, yeah. And it is—it's a continuous battle, isn't it? Trying to climb, climb out of this ever, everlasting hole you seem to be in sometimes. Yeah, and I think I think what doesn't help in in some trades that I've tried to do recently is people get you know they they can't really see far enough. They don't see 
far enough into the future because of what they've got. Like you say, they've got this golden guy and they don't want to trade him away. But they, you know, I, I was in the position and ballers and reference here again, Rush Nation, apology, but I had to trade the Stormo because the way the draft picks fell, my team is absolutely terrible, but I didn't get the 101. I then tried to trade for the 101. The guy wanted three first rounders and I was not prepared to give that up. <laughs> uh, Storm had done a trade with the guy who finished in second last and Storm's already good team had the 102. And I had to I had to then offer Stormo a trade for the 102 because I am running back needy. And I had to give Stormo, who already has the best team in the league, two first round picks to move up to the 102. And I think, where did I move from, Storm? I gave you 1-6 and 1-8, you know, something like that. 1-6 and 1-10. Um, you know, and for you, you've already got a really good team. So the likelihood of, of you finding someone, uh, or maybe, maybe this year, Jimmy Gibbs might have got into your rotation, but for you, it was a good trade because you got future assets. You got two first round picks in a team that's, that's already good. And I, and I got the one Oh two, whereas in other leagues, people were like, well, I'm not going to give up the one Oh two. I'm just yeah, not going to yeah. give it up. But you, you, you're blinding yourself by not looking forward. Because yeah. if you could say that, I don't know, let's say last year, who went who went at the end of the first year, you get yourself a Garrett Wilson and a Drake London. I mean, th th yeah, that could have happened in some leagues. Yeah. You, you're golden, right? Or, it, it's just... Smart. Exactly, exactly. But people can't see, you know, I, I can't give you three first round picks for the 101. It's just, that's way beyond value. I'm not going to... Because you could say, well, those three, one of them was the 103. So I could be, last year, I could have given up Garrett Wilson, Chris Alave, and Drake London or something like that for the 101. And you, you're just not going to do that for a running back that's got five years. Well, I would never do that. And I'd, mm -hmm. I'd, Stormo, we got way off topic there. Let's talk favorite formats. What do you <laughs> like to play in? Like, do you have a preferred format? Um, I, I, I like a few things. Like, I know this is really, really weird, but I really like doing a redraft on NFL. I've had some major issues, but I like the way the draft works on the NFL app. Um, the rest of it's crap, but the actual draft <laughs> on the app is, I really love that bit. Um, but yeah, so I'd go Sleeper and probably Dynasty, but I like, um, I say I'm really enjoying this franchise frenzy I'm in at the minute. Um, for, you, for those of you that don't know what that is, so it's 12 of you in a league, you go through and everyone, each team, each NFL team has two shares. Um, you draft a share till you've got five shares in it, five shares. You can draft both shares in that team. And then you can only draft players from your teams that you own shares in. Um, so we've been, I'm busy drafting one of those now. Um, but I, yeah, I'd say Dynasty probably just pips redrafts for me. But I like the, like the fancy like little, I'd say PPR problems, PPR Dynasty, I'll go. It's my favorite format. Somebody in the comments has put, Rich, once upon a time spoke about retooling as well as rebuilding rather than going for picks, using the picks to get better vet players. And that is, a, I'll put that on the screen because it's, it's a great point. Facebook user, I don't know who you are, but congratulations, you're on the screen. It's, and I, that is a superb way of looking at it. Rich, one of the best guys in the business for me, he's so yeah. straight up and oh, it's Pitsy. Hey, bud. Um, it is a it's great, it's... but with like, like Storm and I just talked about, it's, you can retool, but you've got to hope that somebody values the picks for those veteran players. You know, it is massively, massively dependent on, on the league you are drafting in. And I think that's where Murph and I really honed in. You know, we wanted people who were not in leagues 
with people that were active to come into a five-yard league, to get into these leagues where people are active so that the value is there. You know, everybody can sort of have a value around the same range and then stuff can get done. Whereas if you were in a league, I was in a random, it's not random, I know the guy who run it, but with a load of other people. And he really wanted Jamar Chase. He's a Bengals fan. And he gave away Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams. This is in redraft. And another first or second rounder or third rounder. I can't remember who it was now. Just for Jamar Chase. Before the season, straight yeah. away after the, dra- the draft had done. And the guy's gone from having Jamar Chase to having three top quality players, basically. And that was it. League was over. The guy won it. Yeah. I think he lost two games all year. And... That's how you kill a league, you know, when people yeah. aren't aren't really appreciative of value or or don't really care. You get somebody who drafts and doesn't turn up, doesn't set a lineup. That that murders it for me. So someone who someone trading in a redraft is phenomenally hard. It's probably the hardest part of any fantasy because you just can't. There's no you've got no bartering chips with your picks and stuff like that. So you're no. right, you're very position dependent on you. So yeah. Um, if you do pull one off, I, I think that's why a good one for that is, especially like with the NFL app, you, you um, have to put like a thing so the group can go through it. Whereas I think every draft I'm in on a sleeper or any, they go through straight away. But yeah, you have seen crazy things like that. People giving away like Keyshawn Johnson, who's injured plus, uh, David Mills and getting a fit Kirk Cousins um, just because <laughs> they need a quarterback. And I, I think that's where you get to veto the trades just because you don't let any of that silly stuff through. Yeah, I think that's the try. And I think we, we struggle with that in Dynasty because Dynasty is season long and trades yeah. can happen. Well, not in our league. They can't happen after a certain point, which sucks. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in Dynasty... Trades just go through because people are happy for stuff to happen all year. So rather than people who switch sleeper off in the off season, waiting for them to veto on something, it just goes through <laughs> and people don't yeah, change yeah, yeah. it. Whereas, and for me, if you're unless you're in an active redraft league, do you not think this is true? Redraft is essentially best ball because trades don't. Ha- all right, you got the waivers. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but trades don't happen. So you're just doing best ball, but set in your lineup. So it isn't even best ball. It's it's. It's, it's like a you set a best ball league that you hope is best <laughs> while doing some waivers, but there's no trade. Fingers crossed you put the best team out. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Do you think, Stormo, since playing fantasy football, you've been able to keep up with the trends and, you know, stay on board with new fads, not fads, because Superflex is here to stay. Titan Premium is probably going to be the next thing that is constant. And once Travis Kelsey goes, then Titans are tight ends. So they're going to have to be. That'll make, it, that'll make it fun. Yeah, and, and then it will be a, a crapshoot. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But do you, do you think you've managed to stay water with fantasy as it's evolved over the last few years? Um, you know, when I remember my first ever draft, when I was talking about back to 2013, whatever that was, and it was a redraft at the time. And, you know, there's always like a strict strategy, go running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, whatever. I had done no research. I still knew a couple of players from um, when I started watching and obviously playing on Madden. And I had pick 108, first player I picked, Peyton Manning, straight up. Um, <laughs> QB and then I was like, yes, I was so happy. I was like, yes, I got my player. No one else picked a QB in the whole first round. I'm like, oh, God, why have I the only one got a QB? And I ended up with, I can't even remember who my running backs were at the time, but like, I think I drafted Josh Gordon, who had just coming into his suspension <laughs> for doing all that stuff. Um, so I struggled that year a little bit um, and obviously getting to the grips with how it all works. But then from, yeah. from then, did a bit more research on how things should go down. And I've tried to keep up with, like, you know, you have a strategy, you have a plan. You can have it days before, hours before, you know what you're doing. Draft comes, oh, Kelsey's available, taking him. Oh. Whole, plan's out, whole plan's out the window. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, try, I think I've learned over the years of, you know, what I like to do kind of thing and kind of which way, depending on how the draft falls to you, but there is, you know, one bit of glitter in my eye. I see a Devante Adams there and, you know, oh, got this thing for Adams, uh, even though he's not got Rogers thrown to him and I've clicked the button and he's in my team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like to think that going into it, I feel prepared. Um, and, you know, I have changed the way I've done things over the years, but um, how it all pans out on the night, who knows? Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. If it makes you any feel any better, Stormo, I drafted Jameis Winston in his rookie season with my first round pick. Nice. And, uh, nice. yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, I think I may have won three games that entire season. But um, <laughs> it, it, it has made me feel a little bit better. One of the uh, well, question from later on, Storm, I want to get to it now in case we do miss it. Newt Hopkins, obviously, I've not seen anything today regarding where he's going to land. You are a big Nuke fan. What do you, where do you think is the best spot for him to land? I mean, from from all things I've seen and heard, it, it's basically the chart, not the Chargers, the Chiefs and the Bills are going to be probably the two landing spots for Nuke. I don't know if you've heard anything else, Dormo. Yeah, so all the all the talk around the town currently is I've just read something yesterday, maybe about the Bills can't afford him. Um, this is the NFL storm over like yeah. you just hand out bonuses elsewhere and they're yeah, they'll, make, they'll make a plan. Um, my biggest thing, obviously I love, I love D hop. Um, as long as he goes to a team that has a QB that can pass. So if he ends up in Chicago, I'll cry. Or if he ends up at the Ravens, I'll cry, you know, somewhere where they're no, just going to run the ball and no one's going to see him. So chiefs would be ideal because I am, um, I've got shares in Kelsey and obviously D hop. So, Either way, one's getting double teamed, the other one's open, vice versa. Um, but anyway, like I know he listed a, a team of or a list of five QBs he'd like to play for. If you went to any of those, I'd be well happy. Yeah, I think he's in the enviable position where he's towards the end of his career. So I think if he didn't play again, 
it wouldn't be the end of the world for him. Like I think he's probably set up enough now that yeah, yeah. It, it, he could retire. You know, we. I th- one of the things I saw he said is he wanted to play for a team that is in contention. If the, <laughs> I just don't understand how you don't just go to the Chiefs. How do you not just go to play with Patrick Mahomes exactly and, and Andy Reid? It can't be money driven for him. Surely at this point, the ring is way more important. Yeah, yeah, for de- him. definitely. You know, he's he's one of the the greatest receivers of of the last five years for us to go out and watch. And I just think you go to the Chiefs and you are straight up the alpha receive wide receiver. Can't say receiver because Kelsey is still there. My only yeah. worry is that short to medium yardage that sometimes Nuke got. Kelsey just gobbles that up on the middle, and yeah. you are right with the double coverage being flipped and stuff. But could we see just you know cover two drop backs and free safeties dropping back into the middle and a package? It, it, uh, I don't know. But why the Bills? Why would you go to the Bills with the uncertainty of playoff woes and Stefan Diggs being there? And I just think the Chiefs just lock Chiefs and load definitely it, be number one. Yeah, Chiefs would definitely be number one. If you, if you look at the Chiefs since Hill left, they've had no like prime time wide receivers. They've had, they don't need know, it. The trouble yeah, is they don't need exactly, it. They don't, yeah. <laughs> um, and you're right. D Hop would go in there and he'd be number one wide receiver, and him and yep. Kelsey would terrorize. Um, you know, he's got hands, hands of hands like glue, catches the ball anywhere. Um, and if, personally, me, you know, you drop your asking price and you, you know, you just go and play one final year and you go for the ring. And I think that's the, the, the smart, smart move, personally. But yeah, depends who comes and gets him. You said you'd cry if he goes to the Ravens. And whilst oh, that wouldn't be great, I think we see a Lamar this year that we've yet to see. I think he's new offensive coordinator. I think he's probably been working on his throwing. He's got nothing in the rearview mirror now. He's got no worries whatsoever. And I think we could see a Lamar that's unleashed from anything we've seen Lamar throwing-wise this season. And I think if I was to put my money on a quarterback having an MVP season and a season way above what we expect... It's going to be Lamar because he's still going to run. That's the thing. Yeah, Lamar, yeah, yeah. Lamar's That's his additional weapon, isn't it? Exactly. You you can garret bank on him having ten carries a game, scoring with his legs. Yeah, it's the yeah. throwing. You know, if they do throw an extra twelve to thirteen times a game, then just. But that's the thing. You look at some of Lamar's advanced metrics and stuff, and his downfield accuracy, his length of pass, is a. Yeah, he's got a bomb on him when he throws it. Lamar can pass the football. He just um, hasn't been asked to. Yeah, and I think if now he's his, gone still. If you look at his MVP season, he got over four thousand yards, so he did yep. some passing. Um, but just since then, he's just you've got Bateman. I know Bateman's been injured, and you had more, and you had uh, Marquise Brown, and none of them got the ball. So nope. just because you're like, oh, a oh, bit of pressure, I'm going to run, and boy, can he run like nothing you've ever seen. Yeah, but he, if he can with this new OC, he can start throwing. Then he's got the weapons in that on that Ravens team are deadly. The wide receivers, if if they get the ball. Yeah, and if Nuke goes there, then that just opens up so many more avenues for Lamar to pass, but also to run because Nuke will have to be covered elsewhere down the field. And, you know, if there's a gap opening up in the secondary, you bet your bottom dollar Lamar can hit that as well as anybody else in the the running game. So, yeah, sneaky. I I think he could get a 1250 and 4,000-yard season if everything goes right for Lamar, and that is big time in fantasy, big time in the NFL. Um, It's just... Yeah, I think watch out for Lamar this year. I, you know, I'm not I'm not preaching that some random unknown is going to be fantastic. We all know who Lamar Jackson is. I just <laughs> think he could have a better season than Lamar has had 
in in recent years. I think we may be sleeping on Lamar a little bit. We were going to do some ADP stuff, Stormo. Let's talk some charges before we get into maybe a little bit of ADP because this has been quite a casual, nice chat. And I would hate to ruin it with severe fantasy talk. Not that there's a fantasy, <laughs> but I'm joking, obviously. But I want I do want to get your thoughts on the charges. As a fan, you obviously are plugged into some Chargers stuff that the generic NFL or fantasy fan won't be because why would you, like myself? Why would I be in a group chat with some Chargers fans? And So let's start with the draft for you. Obviously, Austin Eckler reduced his deal, is staying a Charger. Great news for the Chargers, you know, one of the best running backs in football. Obviously, quite happy to stay in Los Angeles to be a Charger this year. Great news for the Chargers there. And then with the draft, you know, getting the wide receiver in the in the first round. Have you heard anything regarding the three wide receivers, you know, how they might line up, anything like that? I've seen some snippets of the new boy, um, Johnson, Quinton Johnson, and man, he looks good. Yep. He, he was, um, he's made some pretty, pretty fantastic catches. Um, and we all know Big Mike can catch as well, and Allen's one of the best route runners in the game. So I'm guessing Williams and... Johnson will be on the outside and Allen will be your slot receiver. Um, I think he's overtaken Josh Palmer, who was just coming to his own last season for the Chargers. Um, but yeah, how they're officially going to line up, they're still not about this. They're keeping their cards quite close to the chest because of the new OC Keller Moore. So they're not, they're not giving a lot away um, in any of the, you know, the things I follow and stuff like that. And I think our biggest thing is just keep players healthy. Yep. Um, and then once we can do that, um, we've, we've all seen what Herbert can do. Um, I think Lombardi obviously probably, you know, pushed him down a little bit, kept him under the thumb and didn't actually release his full potential, which I think Callum Moore will. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the new OC does. And Herbert's obviously come off. He's had a, some shoulder surgery, so he's recovering from that. He's throwing the ball, so it's sure he'll be good to go. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll see. And then we just need to stop the run. Try to stop the run will be a good football team other than that. <laughs> there's, there's, there's always something where football teams could do something to make them a better football team. Storm. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry with that. Uh, Facebook user says, hope I got a mention. Winky face emoji. This chat on StreamYard is terrible because if you are watching on Facebook, I have absolutely no idea who you are. So this could be a load of people. could be the same person. Who knows? Welcome to the stream if you're here anyway. I think with the uh, Quinton Johnson ad and keeping Williams and Allen, that's a good way of keeping Williams, you know, healthy throughout the season because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not been the healthiest of wide receivers for you. And the, the ability now to have three top dogs who can go out there, switch, mix it up, take reps off. I think that's a big thing for Williams and Allen because Allen's, you know, no spring chicken now getting on. And it also means... He's not thrown straight in the deep end, Johnson. He doesn't have to go out there and yeah. play 75% of the offensive snaps and, and be the dog straight away that he was in college. I think, yeah, I mean, I hope the Chargers aren't as good as you hope they are. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, for yeah, divisional but, I mean, reasons. I, I'm not entirely hopeful for this season, let's put it that way, from a Bronco standpoint right now. Although Javante is back training, which is great to see. I'm still not sure whether he's going to be ready week one, you know, having that extra lateral tear on his in his yeah. knees. You know, ACLs on their own are difficult to get to, 
come back quickly from and then getting that LCL or MCL. I can't remember which one it was, or maybe it was yeah, a meniscus, yeah. but yeah, not not straightforward as Brees Hall. We've seen Brees Hall back in training looking electric already, and I'm not sure Javante. And I mean, if you want a quick early win, go get yourself some Smart JP run later on in the draft. I, I'm not sure on his ADP. We could look that up, but yeah, he's going to have first few weeks, even if Javante isn't, isn't the dog. We've seen Sean Payton with two running backs, you know. When when can you go back to a Saints team with Sean Payton that had that one running back? Yes, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram shared snaps. Kamara was great, but he wasn't the bell cow. So are we even going to see Javante Williams be a bell cow? It would be almost silly for Denver to do that when Samar J.P. Ryan has been brought in for a reason. Why waste talent, potential injury on Javante? You know, just spread the ball about. We know they... The receivers, they've got the receivers. It's just, is Russell Wilson going to be any good? I don't know. Question marks on the defence as well. It's looking Wilson. leaner though, Wilson is. It's like he's still eating pies or something. Yeah, he, he is looking leaner. I'll give him that. He is looking leaner. And maybe maybe that's what you know Sean Payne wants. Maybe he wants a yeah. bit more of the Russ ground game that could open some stuff up. But You're getting, yeah. you're getting P-Run in the hundreds, so. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. You, you take your late picks and mm. you make your choices. Fair enough. You talk some ADP. Let's let's talk some ADP then, Stormo. Go on. Go on we we I, d- I don't know if you've done any prep for this. If not, you're in a whole world of trouble. So let's let's go. <laughs> do do you? I know you said earlier that you you don't necessarily have a preferred draft strategy, but is there something you go in with more often than not? into your drafts or do you is it all based on where you're drafting from and then we'll see what happens um I try i try to load up early on depending what force you running back or wide receiver um but it does it does matter your draft position can play a part um i love being on the turn especially the back not the front um i love having those two picks in a row um just to make your own life easier because you can take one of each um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> what a um, soft answer yeah, yeah, and then but then you don't have to worry about oh if I take this guy now or skip him now as someone else. Yeah. Um, but no, I would try and as I think most people do, you try and go running back heavy at the start. And I know that like the talk of the town, if you look at the ADP this year, there's the wide receivers are stacking up, aren't they, in the top ten at the minute? Yeah. Um, and I think Jefferson's still currently at number one in some leagues uh, in the PPPR uh, league. Yeah, so I'm currently looking at four for four. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is PPR. Yeah, Justin Jefferson still 101. Uh, interestingly, Christian McCaffrey is 102. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty set fair now between 10 and 12 teams. The first time picks are all the same. The last time that I can remember off the top of my head that a wide receiver was number one was when Brown came in at number one a couple of years, when he had that B season for the Steelers. Yeah. Before, obviously, you know, everything happened to the poor lad. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. But yeah, I try and say me personally, I would try and get a couple of uh, running backs, and then but then I say you get the Kelsey that falls on your lap in the second round, and you're like, oh god, I didn't want a tight end. Yeah. But you're talking wide receiver five or six or whatever he is, really. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you look at Travis Kelsey's current ADP right now; he's going as one hundred five. Um, yeah, exactly. In exactly. He's, we had Murph and I, one of my favourite episodes ever was the great tight end debate. And I said I wanted to take Travis Kelsey in the first round. He said I was mad. And then a couple of seasons later, people are taking him in the top five pick. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it, it is absolutely crazy. Stormo, I'm gonna, you, you talked about wanting to draft from the 110. I'm going to stick you at the 1-1 here in a PPR. Uh-huh. 
are you going to be taking Christian McCaffrey as the running back one, or are you going to be taking a wide receiver? Uh, McCaffrey's injuries worry me. Um, so do Eckler, so do Barkley. Um, Taylor's coming off a big injury. I'll probably stick with Jefferson, to be honest. I'll take a, take a chance. Okay. My boy, my boy Kirk Chains and Jefferson, I'll take a chance. Even with the addition of Jordan Addison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they had Thielen. Thielen, um, you know. Oh. It's another... Well, going back to, like, the trading and stuff, it's very, very tricky trading for someone you're hoping is going to be good compared to someone you know who is good. Um, and, yeah, Addison, I think, with Kirk will be fantastic. But Thielen was great as, you know, Thielen was yep. not, not so much when Jefferson was there. He's, um, but the, the thing with Thielen is he's still got red zone targets. He's still yeah, scored touchdowns. Um, um, and I, I think he could still do that for Carolina. You know, they're not going to expect him to go out there and run massive routes and stuff. But we, we, the Carolina team could could be dangerous. And once they get up the end zone, I, th I think Thielen's going to be a big time target. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you look at it now, if Kirk comes off, because Kirk had a great season last year, and if Kirk has Jefferson and, say, for instance, Addison, I think. Um, you know, defenses are going to be slightly more worried because they've always had, yeah, Thielen shorter yards in the red zone, but they've not had the longer, you know, more more deeper threats as the both of them can be. So I think it will be. Uh, but yeah, no, I still stick with proven Jefferson at number one. Then I think. I, I uh, if I'm at P one P PPR, yeah, PPR. I it would CMC's injury history. I feel a bit dirty taking a wide receiver at one, and I know oh, I shouldn't. Hard. It's hard. <laughs> it is. But if I'm going to be taking a wide receiver, I am taking a full season of Jamar Chase over a full season of Justin Jefferson. Oh, interesting. It's, it's, you know, when we're drafting, I am very, this, this is perhaps maybe flippant of me, but I like to think of when I draft a player, I am drafting that player based on total upside. I'm not concerned that Chase missed games last year. I'm basing it on both games, both teams, both players, sorry, playing a full 17 games. And of that, I want 17 games of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase over 17 games of Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. It is a coin toss. And if I was drafting at two and I was still going wide receiver, I would not be unhappy with either. It's yeah. having the 101 and the preference. And my preference at 101 would be Jamar Chase because I think if he can have... Last year, his average depth of target was down by four yards. I think that increases by one and a half to two yards this year. I think a full season of Jamar Chase this year could be absolutely filthy. And I think his upside, with the addition of Jordan Addison for Justin Jefferson, I think Chase has a higher upside than Jefferson. Don't get me wrong, Jefferson, unbelievable wide receiver. But I just think Jamar Chase is a little bit better than Justin Jefferson. So if I'm drafting upside, I want that all day long. And what what do you say to a healthy cup and a healthy Stafford then? Yeah. That's the thing as well. Points per game and stuff. <laughs> Cooper Cup he, was Cup was catching ten catches a, 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 a game, wasn't he? Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you it all for me it's not a Cooper Cup's had some knocks previously and you know, does miss a game or two here, but if he's catching ten balls a game and is baselining 160 to 140 to 160 points uh -huh. without any yards or touchdowns, it's hard to look past that. It is where is Matt Stafford? That's yeah, the yeah, big. Yeah. 
I own Cooper Cup in quite a lot of my dynasty leagues, and I am hugely worried. Hugely worried. Although it hasn't really mattered whether it be Stafford or Goff, Cooper Cup is unbelievable. I mean, is there a more underrated wide receiver still than Cooper Cup? Yeah, mad. Um, so you, where's he falling at? Six, did you say? So six, he seven? he is currently one hundred six. That's a lot of, and you say Kelsey's at five. That's hey man, that's what one, two, three. That's a lot of receivers in the top six, isn't it? Oh, it makes it hard. Just means there's some good running backs down the down the line, isn't it? But that's the thing, and that's what makes this a really good year for wide receivers early in the first, because you go down to the second round, like end of the second round in a twelve teamer. We're talking Tony Pollard. I'm not entirely about that, but you've got Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs. That's 206. And then you get into threes. Ken Walker, although that is way too rich for me right now, having seen what's gone on there with Najee Harris, Brees Hall. That scares me. Ramondre Stevenson at 309 when there isn't anybody else in the New England backfield. I mean, does anybody remember LeGarrette Blount for a few years ago? 16 oh, touchdowns. I love Blount. Um, yeah. Stevenson's getting a lot of hype this season, so yep. Um, I, I think he'll actually go higher in the end. Um, but yeah, it depends on other people's draft strategies. Yeah, I mean, we are talking about drafting now and only degenerates yeah. draft now. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's madness. Um, let's get some... How long have we got left, Storm? What are we talking here? Maybe 10 or so minutes so we don't go too long today. Let's quick fire these and get ourselves out. Thoughts on the Commanders this year? Do you think they're underrated or just a poor team? And is there anybody you think is going to be good value from them? Um, the Commanders, I think, what's ever going on in the background is a, uh, a shambles. Like, who owns them? I don't know what's going on. People <laughs> doing dodgy things. Magic Johnson's in there somewhere. Um, but they've got some players. They've definitely got some players. QB, they haven't got a quarterback, but... All the rest, they've got some other little players dotted around there, but I was baffled why they didn't give Young or yeah, Chase Young that fifth year. Um, there's a lot of hype I think, around. I, th I think he's broken. I think there's part of Chase Young that is, is not working. You reckon, you reckon he's not coming back fully? Uh, no, he's not going to come back the Chase Young we saw coming out in the draft. I think he's something's wrong. Um, there's a lot of hype around Gibson and Catching at the minute because obviously they've lost McKissick. Robinson yep. came back. He looks, you know, he, he could be decent. Um, come back from that serious gunshot injury. But Dotson and Scary Terry, two great wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Curtis Samuel as your third. You just don't have a quarterback. That's... You watch Sam Howell. Sam Howell was legit at UNC. You watch Sam Howell. <laughs> All he's got to do is be Sam Howell. He doesn't have to. He's got the weapons. Their defense is nasty. Yeah. Sam Howell just has to go out and be Sam Howell. Like don't 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 go out there and be something you're not. Just go out and be Sam Howell. <laughs> You'll be fine, and the commanders will be good. Um, let's let's move to some Saints. Is there anybody on the Saints you particularly want this year? Olave in the four feels like decent value if Derek Carr's any good. Michael Thomas. If Michael Thomas is fit, but if Michael Thomas is happy with Derek Carr, like in the eighth round, that yeah, could be laughing. yeah. I mean, I am sure. I'm a Thomas Truther, and it doesn't matter when he gets drafted. I seem to really want him, and he lets me down yeah. every year. But <laughs> I've had him in my like uh, my injury squad for a couple of seasons. You know, he's like God's sake, Thomas, <laughs> come on, because he did. Hey, he had that two really good seasons, and I'm pretty sure he was up there getting drafted in the top three as well at one point. Oh, oh yeah, um, didn't he have something like yeah, yeah, stupid amount of catches one year, and then just died but they've given him this extra special years contract so uh, thomas is there in the eighth i'm taking him all day long 
you know, whether he goes back on my injured reserve for the year, I'm not fast, but I'll take a chance. Yeah. This next bit of information, Storm, scares me. So the Bears running backs, on 4 for 4, Khalil Herbert is currently the RB 37th going in the ninth round. That has to be wrong, right? <laughs> so I own Herbert in a league or two. And when Montgomery went down for them last year, uh, he was an absolute beast. Yep. Then when Montgomery come back, they didn't obviously, you know, load share or anything. That Montgomery just took everything. But now, obviously, they brought in Foreman, Deontay Foreman, and we know yep. what he did at Carolina. Uh, just who wins that? You know, who wins that matchup? Well, really? And don't forget, they drafted Roshan Johnson. Yeah, who's he's a good running back, but you know, you get people kept saying, "Oh, well, what happens if he wasn't behind Bijan Robinson?" Well, yeah. if he was that good, he would have entered the transfer portal in college and joined a team like Jimmy Gibbs did, went to Alabama and hello, got drafted at 12. People, exactly. the Lions were happy to take him at six, apparently, although that seems a little rich. Kind <laughs> <laughs> uh, of that feels like crazy. Right? I, Khalil Herbert, at, for me, at 30, oh, I'll be 37 in yeah, the ninth right. round. Surely he's good value in the seventh. He could be that RB1. So, yeah, to get him in the seven to be. He's going to be their RB1 for me. And it's just, it's crazy. The only thing is, you've got their actual RB1 is Fields, isn't it? So. That's true. Good point. (laughs) All right, we talked Um, about Monty. Let's go to the Lions. Gibbs or Monty? Monty's currently a round cheaper going in the fifth with Gibbs in the fourth. Is the fourth too rich for Gibbs? And are you just going to take the value of Monty in the fifth or are you staying away? I'm jet sweeping to Amonra. That's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> oh, it's so hard because we know what Monty can do. We've seen what Gibbs is all about in college. David Montgomery has never had a, a full 30, 30 yeah. point uh, fantasy game. I don't think he's ever had over 100 yards in the NFL and, either. And we know, we know what Campbell's like as well. He'll stick with his bell cow, won't he? Um, yeah. I think I'm taking a chance on Gibbs on that one. Ooh, in the fourth is a little bit rich for me. Okay, Jacksonville, backfield. Doug Pedersen's come out and said he basically doesn't want Etienne to carry the ball more than 20 times or even touch the ball 20 times a game. Is Tank Bigsby a steal with the 51st running back in the 12th round? Any running back in the 12th round is a steal, I think. <laughs> well, that could be a scrub. <laughs> you know. um, it's tough because Robinson, you know, before they got uh, Travis, obviously Travis was, had a season engineer that season ending injury uh, but yep. then last year he showed his worth and he had some great games um but if they don't want him to carry as much then you pick in i'll take a chance 12th round um i don't know too much about tank i like his name um <laughs> but i've not actually watched any of his films so i can't really comment but as a 13th round an rb2 for a decent running team, you know, I'd take a chance. So Travis Etienne is currently going at the first pick of the third round in a 12 team as a running back 10. Feels a little bit steep for what we've seen as an Eagles backfield with Doug Pedersen. There was definitely a timeshare going on there. Currently, oh. 301 could fall away. Let's running. Tony Pollard is going the pick before him. Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson. I want both of those over Travis Etienne right now. Um, yeah. Dalvin Cook's going as the in the fourth pick at the moment, but the, the Vikings have literally just come out and said they think Alexander Madison yeah. could be a three-down back. So Cook is still apparently a Viking, although hasn't passed a return medical or something right now. So that is all up in the air. What, what is the big beef there? Is it the money? Because like 
performance-wise, you can't see past him. No, I, I think it's a, a combo of not being as healthy as perhaps they'd like and, yeah. and maybe a money issue when Madison for them is cheaper. Uh, yeah. it, it, but will you get a full season out of Madison? Well, they haven't really got one out of Cook, to be fair. So yeah, and they they're not running it as much the Vikings there. They're definitely as a, a throw more game now. At all. Um, okay, let let's move on to Miami. One round separates currently separates all Miami running backs. Do you have a favorite of the three, or are you just taking the last of them right now for value? Um, I like personally like I've always liked most of it. Um, Issue is, he never, 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 never has a full season, does he? Nope. Um, but boy can run. Um, Wilson's proved a decent backup when he comes in. And how do you say Devin's last name? A chain. A chain. Um, apparently, he's got some wheels. No, um, burner. And for yeah, for most of to say that who's fast as um, that's it'll be interesting. But it's also the unknown. Um, but I think they're running a. They're running a, a, a committee there. Um, I, uh, I think I, I just there isn't a full season for most of that. There isn't a full season for Wilson. Committee or no committee, you give a chain enough touches in a team that values speed apparently over. We yeah. go back. <laughs> you remember John Gruden in the draft had the forty times on a board. Well, McDaniel seems to be doing exactly the same thing in Miami, except it's working and uh, <laughs> <laughs> speed over everything, yeah. and it, it, it's working. You know, there's a lot of talk about his size, isn't it? But obviously, you can look at there's been loads of tiny running backs that have caused loads of damage. So, yeah, and and he did everything. He, I think, he carried for Texas A&M. I think he had over 30 carries, let alone not catches, just carries against Alabama last year, and didn't yeah. show any signs of wear in the fourth quarter. Nice. So to be able to do that against the, well, one of the best defenses in college football shows that he can do it. Whether he actually gets all those touches in Miami, I don't know. But he only needs a few plays to really cement himself as the explosive running back in Miami. And that's I've, the, just, I, I've just drafted him in a... Um, I've, had, I've had a redraft. Not a redraft. I've done a, a dynasty draft this week and I've just drafted him at 106 or 7. Um, it's because I needed... And I took him over... What's the other guy's name? I can't pronounce. Char Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it took out, it was one of the two, and I was like, oh. So I, <laughs> in the ballers, we've, we've talked about this, but in ballers, I've got the 102 and the 103, and I'm taking Gibbs with the 102, and I'm in a real quandary as to do what to do with the 104, because I don't really need a wide receiver, and I really wanted Charbonnet to land somewhere good. He didn't, and now yeah. it, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to go with the upside of A-Chain and hope that it works out at 103 and that's a ridiculously early pick but i really need a running back i'm not trading back because i need the running back yeah yeah and i'm, I'm going for upside it's you're not it's, going for walker last in the full season and taking a chance on charbonnet then no i'd rather the upside i just <laughs> I, I, I just want the upside it's it's all i've got yeah, yeah. it's all i've got stormo that concludes our adp preferences <laughs> right now thank you for being the first participant participant of the football stocks i i enjoyed it i think it was enlightening i don't know yeah, whether russian nation agrees but it, it was fun mate no honestly it was it was good to have you on as the, do you have people um 
let me rephrase that. Is there somewhere people can find you for generic football chat if you wish to be shouted out, or you can remain completely anonymous as just a face? Yeah, voice? I'm on. I'm on Twitter on at Mr. Skyweather. Um, you'll see me floating about all the five yard and other people's chats and stuff. And um, I just won a a guide through Rich this week in a competition, which was quite cool. But yeah, I float about Mr. Skyweather on Twitter. Um, give us a follow. I'll follow you back. But yeah, we'll see you around. See you around the the, the Russian. Storm, I'm going to end it with a real, real life question. Is Storm your actual name? Yeah, it is. Uh, so, so my parents got divorced when I was quite young, and both of them give me a different version of how I was named. Mum says I was. Uh, she read my name in a romance novel somewhere. Um, Dad says it's from a like heavy metal band or a rock band. I'm like, yeah, Dad's version's better. Um, but, it, <laughs> um, but yeah, it is my actual name on the birth certificate. So what we're going to take from that is Stormer's name from a Jilly Cooper book, Rush Nation. <laughs> that is going to do it for this week. As always, don't forget, keep rushing. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.